0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Hey everyone, it's Andy Bueller, high school sports reporter and host of the Scorebook Live Today podcast. So the coronavirus has shut down schools and halted high school sports, but we're taking things up a notch in hopes to help during this time of great uncertainty. Each day, we're releasing a special episode of this podcast called Dickow's Quarantine Series, where our own Dan Dickow interviews an expert in their respective field, from coaches to trainers, authors to uh, former standout athletes. Subscribe to this podcast for free, and please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Let's keep everyone safe by washing your hands and following the Governor's stay-at-home mandate. We're just as excited for high school sports to return as you are. Here's Dan Dickow after a word from our sponsor. Are you a small business impacted by the coronavirus? Washington Federal is here to help. Washington Federal is a proud sponsor of Scorebook Live and it's offering a five-year business line of credit with 90 days interest for free to businesses that have seen a 10% or greater drop. Apply now to receive up to $200,000 on business lines of credit. The folks at Washington Federal understand small businesses may need an emergency loan. They're doing their best to help during this global pandemic. If you're a small business owner who needs help, head to wafdbank.com to apply. Questions? Email business.lifeline at wafd.com.
2: Dan Dickow, Scorebook Live, Washington, with our podcast today during our quarantine series. Uh, We're with a legend from the mid-90s, Decatur High School, class of 1994. Um, I graduated in 97 from Prairie, and he, along with Mike Dickerson, uh, were a couple of the guys that I really looked up to uh, as guys that um, were taking the the basketball from the state of Washington and really doing some big things. before the explosion of talent in the state in the last 20 years or so. Uh, Roberta Burgesson, how you doing, bud? Man, I'm doing good, bro. Thanks for having me on. How are you? I am great. So thanks for joining. So give us a quick snapshot of your high school career um, just south of Seattle. Um, As I mentioned, graduated Decatur in 94. Um, Tell us about any big memories that you may have matched up maybe against a Mike Dickerson or, or a big game. Uh, possibly getting
0: you guys to the state tournament? Um, Well, honestly, initially I started out, um, I'm I'm from Tacoma. I live in Tacoma. So I went to Lincoln High School my freshman year. Um, And so, you know, I mean, I I went to Lincoln my freshman year and and just got in lots of trouble, just didn't do well. And so parents decided um, to move us out to Federal Way. And then um, I ended up uh, going to Decatur. And, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, for me, it was just, it, it was going new a Decatur for me, from a basketball standpoint and from a life standpoint, it was a lifesaver because I would have been down, you know, another road that, you know, obviously wouldn't be productive, but it also, um, it was a savior for my basketball career because I just learned how, you know, the coach there at the time was Ed Boyce. And when I met him, um, I had like some kind of, some talents a little bit and some athletic ability, but I didn't know how to work. I didn't know how to play. And so kind of combined and these natural abilities that I had with with someone that could actually teach me how to play was crazy. And, um, you know, I, um, when I was at Lincoln, um, I went to a, I went to a, uh, a BCI tryout and it was before, you know, all the club team. It was just, you know, one BCI team. And I, and at that tryout, it was at a Western Washington university. Um, I met a couple of guys, including Mike Dickerson, Javon Hollins, um, Andre Pleasant. Um, and these guys were all from that area. And then I ended up transferring to cater and like my first day at open gym, there's Mike D and there's Jaron Hollins and there's Andre Pleasant and these guys. And it was just, it was kind of a, uh, you know, for me, it was, it was a little bit refreshing because I was going to this new place. I didn't know anybody. Um, it was totally different. Federal way back then was not the federal way it was here. It was, it was definitely a distinct, um, you know, um, uh, you know, more suburban to like a Tacoma or a Seattle than it was before. So I was really nervous, um, you know, just going up there and having a little bit of culture shock, but that seeing those guys there, you know, brightened everything up. And so from then, um, you know, we played our sophomore year together at Decatur. Mike D was there with us. It was me, Mike D, Johan, And, you know, we had a couple of other guys that played, um, you know, junior college level that were really good. And then uh, Mike decided to transfer his freshman year, but we, you know, we stayed best of friends and, you know, I, there was a you know, it was it was a crazy time there because Decatur and Federal Way, I mean we we lived, both our schools were kind of loaded. Um there was another guy, Mike Sims, that uh Mike Sims played at um uh, at uh oh my goodness, it's the private school down in Spanaway and I can't think of the name of it right now. Um somebody they, you guys are gonna kill me. Um he played at a private school and I got to know him and tried to get him to come to Decatur and got his parents to move to federal way. And he was coming to Decatur. And next thing you know, Jerome got his hooks in him, and he changed his mind last minute and went to federal way. Mike Sims played at Eastern Washington, um, you know, six, eight guy. So it was, and Yada Reed was there and and D stone at federal way. I mean, it was the, the level of, um, you know, talent in the federal way area and everybody lived in that area was incredible. It It was phenomenal.
2: Yeah, there's been some some big-time talent come out of there in recent years. The McDaniels brothers, you know, Tari okay. Eason, who was at Garfield this year, was there a year before at Federal Way. So you're right, there's a ton of talent. So you started off your college career at the University of Washington. Uh, you ended up transferring, becoming one of the all-time greats at Boise State. I believe you were the leading scorer for a short bit before somebody came and, and broke your record. Um but you transferred at the college level before it became quote unquote popular. Yeah. Um, what, what was the reasoning behind that? And, and I mean, I'm, I can only imagine it was one of the best decisions you made in your life because you currently
0: live in Boise now. Yeah, yeah, it definitely was. It definitely was um, a lifesaver. I mean, you know, like I said, really similar to, you know, the same progress I went through, um, moving to the federal way and kind of you know, getting some stability, having a coach there that get kind of provided some stability and, and getting away from uh, some negative influences. I kinda of went through the same things at UW. Um I got to UW and, and obviously, you know, my journey to UW wasn't wasn't like the typical one. I mean, they weren't even recruiting me um that hard really um, when I was a senior in high school. They really wanted Mike D, obviously everybody wanted Mike D on the West Coast. And so he was kind of, you know, the number, you know, he was the, obviously the top. He, Omar Gibbons was the top recruit, obviously, from Washington. And then Mike D. and then myself. Um, and so I know um, once Mike committed to Arizona, then all of a sudden they, like, jumped on me. Like, they jumped on me because I was, like, the next best guy or whatever it was. And so um, I was already, I mean, I was kind of already farther along. My, I had took a visit to uh, Santa Clara and um, Boston College. Boston College had sent me a letter and intent. I had committed to them. Um, and then Washington came in and jumped in at the end. And so when I went to UW, it was kind of like a last minute thing. And it was one of those things where I was like, oh man, I get to stay at home and family gets to watch me and get to be around my friends. And it ended up not being, you know, that the best thing because the family and the friends and the, and the hanging out and, um, you know, not going to my work, missing workouts, not going to class, um, just because of those distractions that I was not mature enough to say no to it just was the reality of it. And so, um, you know, I had a couple of people in my life that were really, you know, a couple of those people that we all need that tell you the truth and say, Hey, you're not getting it done. You know, you're, you're getting ready to screw yourself. You need to figure something out. And so from there, it was just like, you know what I need to get away. I need to get as far away from, you know, from Tacoma as possible. Um, because i was not able to say no i need to get somewhere where i don't have to have those distractions i can just kind of focus on on myself and get better and and then i ended up leaving um i went to first i went to midland junior college in texas uh wasn't mature enough to handle the stuff that was down there it was it was a culture shock lots of crazy stuff was going on but it really was just me just not being a mature enough to handle it ended up leaving there um with nowhere to go nothing to happen and then my my Um, high school teammate Andre Pleasant was at college of Southern Idaho. He told the coaches that I was at home doing nothing. They called me. I went there. I was there for about a semester, Um, played in like two exhibition games Um, again, had some life circumstances um, that just for me, I just was not, you know, I, I was not ready to handle, went home, enrolled at Highline community college, but didn't play just, just, just was going to school there just to get my AA, and during that time, um, all most schools lost track of me. They didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing, to be honest with you. Um, but then Ed Boyce, who was my high school coach, was the assistant coach at Boise State and once again kind of came and stepped in to save my life and just said, hey, if you can figure out a way to finish your AA, I think I can figure out a way to get you a scholarship to come to Boise State. This is your last chance. You have no more chances left. And, um, I, you know, I did that and, and, and finished my A. And then the rest of the rest was just basically, you know, coming to, moving to Boise and going to Boise at Boise State pretty much just really changed my life.
2: You know, that's so uh, impactful, I'm sure, for, for myself and other people who will be listening to this to hear how big of an impact a coach from the high school level continued to have on you a couple days later, um, or excuse me, a couple years later you now run an AAU program in the Boise area. It's a pretty darn successful AAU club. You've had a number of uh, college players at at multiple levels come through your program because of the experience with coach Ed Boyce and and being a mentor to you. um, Is that one reason you wanted to get in, into running a club and and being able to have that same impact on others?
0: Uh, Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, You know, we never really had plans, you know, it never really was in my plans or our goals to actually start the club and run the club. It kind of came organically. Um, when I started playing professionally um, and I would come back from the summers, um, you know, Ed and I um, said, Hey, let's do a summer camp in Boise. There wasn't a whole lot of summer camps going on. And the ones that were going on for us were like, Oh God, it's just not, you know, the kids aren't getting us. So let's do a summer camp we did a summer camp and from the summer camp, I mean, it just, we just got so much demand. It grew to, you know, a Christmas break camp and a spring camp and then, you know, grew to these, these, these we started doing these like month long clinics. And then from there, it just, like I said, people wanted us to coach us, coach their teams. And so Ed started a team, his kids age. I started a key team, my kids age. And then it just, it just blossomed and went to this club. Um, but I think, Yes, Ed Boyce, um, uh, my, my Uncle Topper, who, who is a, a huge basketball fan. He's, all, he's around all the games there. Um, some guys from, you know, late night downtown Y, um, you know, that, that, that came up and just kind of showed me, you know, how to do some things. I think that's always been in me, that just to kind of give back and, and want to just try to help, like, whatever I've learned. And obviously basketball is the one thing that I've learned the best. Um, just to kind of give it back. So I think that's always been in me. I've always liked giving back and being around people and helping people, whether it was kids or kids my age. So so, so definitely, that definitely had a big impact. It had a big impact on, um, you know, me giving. But I, but I think it's it's just my whole family and whole life. Just my whole life journey, I think, was more than that. I had a lot of second chances, and, and I just believe that, you know, it's important to, to kind of give those chances back to people as well, so.
2: Such a great message, and I think it shows so much of what athletics can do to help teach and guide people and, and provide mentorship. Because not everybody is going to have a chance to play like you did at the Division I level. Um, yeah, but you were able to take that Division One talent, skills, um, to play professionally for a number of years, um, both kind of uh, here in the States but also in Europe. Uh, one thing I remember about you, though, is it was going into my second year in the NBA, we were. I was with the Atlanta Hawks. We had summer league in Boston, and you had you were with the Cleveland Cavaliers, and you had a young phenom by the name of LeBron James, who was about to be a rookie in the NBA. You played with him in summer league before his true rookie year. Uh, what type of experience was that, and did you think he would become what he's become now?
0: Um, I'm starting start off with your first question. The experience was was um unique it was the most unique summer league experience i had i mean i i don't know i think i did i think i played in five or six different summer leagues and so I, obviously and, and with a ton of different teams and so i had a a lot of different experiences but that one was the most unique um it, it was just incredible to see from day one um the people that were interested in you know seeing this young kid and i mean it was like um you know I mean I got a little bit of a taste of, of that NBA like my, my rookie year in Portland and then you know and then being in Milwaukee of you know showing up to hotels and you know there's people out there waiting in line to you know you know autograph scalpers those guys that wanted to sign you know once you to sign the cards and and whatever girls and stuff but this was a whole nother level I mean we're in summer league and, and we pull up in the, in the bus and there's people all around the hotel and we got to go back in and back way. You know, I think our first summer league game that we played in, I mean, it was absolutely sold out standing room. So that experience um, being around that was unique, was like, wow. Like, like really, did, I mean, I, I mean, obviously we all knew LeBron, you know, but it, it was just different because, you, you know, most summer league games, you know, it's, you know, it's not even halfway half full for a lot of those games back then anyways. Um, so that was one um, you know as far as you know understanding or recognizing how great he was going to be it didn't take me very long um, you know I mean I i was I was at the mind, mindset at that point where you know I had been you know um, you know was on that Portland lo- roster that was just the most loaded roster you know ever at that point with all those guys and you know, it was the last cut on that team. And then I was on another loaded roster in Milwaukee, you know, last cut on the team. So I've been around a little bit and I kept getting cut and I'm trying to figure out at that point, okay, how am I going to stick in the league? How am I going to make it? And I was obviously always known to be a, a shooter and a scorer and it wasn't working. I mean, you know, it wasn't working. And so I had kind of been through some stuff. Um, I would come back home and work out, you know, and me and Mike D would work out every summer. And a lot of times at the Sonic facility, and I remember Nate McMillan giving me a piece of advice one time. He was like, hey, Roberto, you might want to change your focus of how you're making a team. He was like, you're a great shooter. Everybody knows you're a great shooter. You can do those things. But, you know, maybe you want to think about being a defender. I mean, you you have the ability to be a good defensive player, this and that. And so I kind of changed my mindset, you know, um, going into stuff like, listen, I got to just be a dog defensively and do this. And so going into that, that summer league with Cleveland, I just told myself I'm going to do I'm going to guard LeBron every single possession and I and there's no way. I mean at that point I was 24 I think 24 25 this kid is 18. I'm experienced. I'm going to be able to I'm going to be able to make it really tough I'm going to be able to shut him down. Like this this is you know. And so I went in with that mindset and so I'm guarding him and like the first possession I'm guarding him. I'm like okay I'm going to try to bait him. I had learned some things from, you know, I mean, obviously another UC Seattle legend, my, my younger cousin, Quincy Wilder. He was a phenomenal defender, and I had learned some tricks from him just like baiting guys, like baiting them, acting like I'm going to reach one side, and then when they turn, you know, really co- co- react quickly and go to the other side. And I tried to do that with LeBron, and his body was so wide and he was so strong. He wasn't like a great, great, great ball handler at that point, but he was just so big and wide that he protected the ball. And I tried to reach and go in, I couldn't get it. And he went by and he kind of went by and I'm like, oh crap. Wow. Like <laughs> that's, you know, I'm like, okay, I, I should be able to get him. I couldn't. And then there was like one other play. I kind of cut him off, bite him a little bit, got him to stop and go into a pull up. And when he went to go on his pull up, um, I went to, you know, swipe down and get a low block. Like, you know, back then a lot of people were teaching that to do that. And, and, and I was pretty strong with it. I mean, I had just, you know, I mean, I was able to really, really frustrate Ray Allen with that same defensive philosophy. He tried to pull up and I stripped down and, you know, he'd get mad and went fight and say I was fouling and stuff like that, which I probably was, but <laughs> I tried to strip the ball from LeBron and with all my might, and he literally pulled the ball up through my hand and went up and still got the shot off right then and there. I said, okay, like, you know he's he's gonna be special. Like there's no doubt in my mind he's gonna be special. So, and then just watching him the rest of the um the rest of the summer league, he got so much work in. I mean he got so much work in. I mean I prided myself at that time as somebody who always got to practices early and got up tons of shots. Always stayed after, got tons of shots. Wanted to be the first and last. And and he was there and he would either beat me or be there there and do more than I was. And so I was like, yeah, he, he's, he's going to be absolutely ridiculous. Just I'm so.
2: Uh, some great stories uh, from your career through high school, college, and, and the pros. So Roberto, we really appreciate you joining. Um, like we said with, with our current series for scoreboard Live, Washington, we're trying to reach out to a number of, of, of guys that uh, have had legendary careers throughout the state. And I think you absolutely fall into that category. So, Appreciate the time. Best of luck with your Hoop Dreams program in Boise. And uh, thanks again. Man, I
0: appreciate you having me on, Uh, uh, Dan. I really do, man. Really grateful. Really grateful to be in the combo, man. All right. Take care, bud. Yep, you too. Thank you.